Hi, everybody. It's been a few weeks since I've been able to record for you guys. Uh, I've just had a really busy month uh, with work, but I appreciate uh, you all's uh, listening and your patience with me as I get these put out. But this week, we're actually starting a new series, and I am extremely excited about it. Whenever I was reading through my scriptures and spending time with God, I felt like he gave me this series. And I, I just I tell you what, I have thought so much about it since I was able to write it. Um, really, we're going to be talking about the glory of God. And what is it that makes him glorious? What does that phrase even really mean? And then what does that mean for us and the way that it affects us? How does the fact that God is glorious affect us? And why does that matter to us? And maybe this series is coming to you at a time whenever you feel like you're in a dry season. And, you know, we all have those seasons at times. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in this series. And I think that this series might be really helpful to you if that's where you find yourself. But maybe also it comes to you at a time where you feel like you're doing great with God. And I think that this series can also just help us get inspired to dig a little bit deeper and understand who God is and how who he is and his character affects and changes us. But maybe to start off this time, what I wanted to talk about is just the mystery of the scriptures. And I mean that very literally. What is it about the scriptures? Why did God outline the scriptures in a way where everything is a little bit mysterious? Think about the way that Jesus did parables. Why did Jesus teach through parables? Or whenever you read the Bible, why is it that sometimes what what the scripture is saying isn't immediately obvious? We have to actually spend time, meditate on it, and think about it to really understand what it, what it means. See, whenever we study the scriptures, we begin with a mystery that's concealed. And it's through the process of meditating on his word that God reveals the truth to us. And like I said, my question, whenever I thought about that, is why did God do it that way? Whenever he does it that way, what does that show us? What does that teach us? And I think that Solomon actually answered this question for us. In Proverbs 25, verse 2, it says, It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. So it's the glory of God to conceal things. That's what that verse tells us. But why is that the case? In what way does this demonstrate his glory? As I thought about that question, I honestly became overcome with all of the ways that it demonstrates his glory. I I got pretty excited and I couldn't stop writing about it. So I'm going to try to just walk you through it. And really, the honest truth is that as I thought about it, I just thought, how does it not demonstrate his glory? The fact that he conceals things. I'm going to try to do this justice and try to illustrate it for us. First, we need to start with a fresh foundation, because I think that word glory doesn't really sit well for me, and I I suspect that I'm not alone with that. When I think of the word glory, I think about something that's visible, something that's on display for everyone to see, something that we want everybody to know about. But here's what's happening, is I think that we are mistaking the word glory for what would probably be better described as fame. You see, God is glorious, whether or not we are aware of his glory. You see, I think sometimes we can get the impression that God's priority is seeking his own glory. That is not true. In fact, just a little bit later in Proverbs 25, the scripture tells us plainly that it is not glorious to seek one's own glory. That's Proverbs 25, verse 27. God does on occasion, of course, make his glory known to us, but that isn't his priority. 
his glory is actually demonstrated in this verse in Proverbs 25 2 by just the opposite. His glory is demonstrated by the fact that he isn't seeking his own glory. He isn't seeking to be known, but he's concealing himself. In fact, I think that this is the first way that we can understand this verse, is that God is glorious, at least in part, because fame isn't his priority. But that can leave us with the question of why is that glorious? And I thought about that and I I thought to myself, well, think about all of the amazing and beautiful things that God has made that we were totally oblivious to for so long. Think about all of the amazing astronomical features that are out there. Um, for example, if you, you know, if you can, just Google or search on the web for NGC 6357. NGC 6357. It's, it's an astronomical um, phenomenon that whenever you look at it, it's absolutely gorgeous. And things like that were hidden from us for thousands of years. And, and think about it, even now, with all that we know, there are so many things out there in this universe that we know we can't see today. If it just, just the fact that we can see it, whenever you look at it, it demonstrates God's glory. But doesn't it add to it? Doesn't it add to his glory that he allowed them to be concealed? He isn't flaunting his glory. It just simply overflows from who he is, from how glorious he is. So what is God's priority, if not his fame? Think about this. Think about how Jesus would heal someone and then instruct them not to tell anyone. Have you ever read that and wondered why? And it, it's really, I think, revealed to us whenever in Mark 1.45, whenever someone ignored his instruction, because when they ignored his instruction, he wasn't able to enter the towns anymore, but people had to go out to him and find him in the wilderness. You see, Jesus wasn't seeking his fame then because it made it harder for us to do good for us. His priority wasn't his fame, but our good. And I think this is just like the story of Moses on Mount Sinai. Whenever Moses asked to see God's glory, God showed him his goodness. You see, it's his goodness to us, his, his desire to do good for us that is so glorious. Part of what makes him glorious is that he is good. That story is in Exodus 33, starting in verse 18, if you wanna take a look. This has certainly been true for me personally too. I can't tell you how many times God has done good for me and never taken credit for it. I think if I really am honest, I only think that it's on occasion that I realize the way that God has taken care of me. In fact, I think that it is far more common that God does something good for me and I never even notice it. And I think that this is part of what makes him glorious. He's glorious because he does good for me even whenever I don't appreciate it. He's glorious because he does good for all of us even whenever we refuse to acknowledge it and even whenever we don't deserve it. Think about this verse out of Matthew 5, 45, because I think it demonstrates his glory. It says that he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Let me see if maybe I can pull this together for us, what I'm trying to say, because I think that we really get these things backwards. You see, the world wasn't created to lead to his glory. It was his glory that led to the creation of the world. It was his glory, his goodness, his love, that led to the creation of the world. Now, there's more to this too. You see, the fact that God conceals things demonstrates another aspect of his glory. Jesus explained it for us in Luke 10. He praises God in Luke 10, just like the Proverbs do, for the fact that God conceals things. This is Luke 10, 21. 
He rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. You see, as we search for understanding, God is gracious to reveal it to us. As he reveals it to us, we see the glory of God and praise him. But we, we see it and we praise him not only because it's beautiful, but because of the fact that he revealed it to us. Not only because of how amazing the truth is and how incredible it is and how glorious he is, but because of his character in the process. His character that he was content to let it be concealed, to set it aside, and, and to set it aside not for the most intelligent among us, but simply for those who were hungry for the knowledge of him, simply for those who wanted to know him more. Whenever we hear that God is glorious, the, the natural response that we have is that we feel a little unworthy to approach him. But I think that part of what makes him glorious is that even though we aren't worthy to approach, he invites us anyway. You see, this is his glory. His glory is compounded by this, that in his unapproachable glory, he has chosen to be approachable that even whenever we didn't deserve to be able to get near his glory and understand him, that he invited us anyway. And I think that only adds even more so to how good and how glorious he really is. Now we've talked about the first part of this verse today in Proverbs, that it is the glory of God to conceal things. But there's a second part. What does that second part teach us? It says that the glory of kings is to search things out. Next time, that's what I wanna explore, is I wanna explore the effect that it has on us when we search out the truth, when we search out the things that God has concealed. Be sure to subscribe to our email and our podcast so that you don't miss the rest of this series, because trust me, it's really exciting. Um, it's something that you definitely don't wanna miss. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook so that you can get posts of our content uh, more frequently that'll break down some of these points in a more visual way. And also Monica does some pretty entertaining reels on there that you don't wanna miss. I appreciate you joining us today and I hope that you'll subscribe so that you don't miss the rest of this series. Thank you.